From the University of Notre Dame, I'm Andy Fuller. Welcome to Notre Dame Stories. We know that a good night's sleep can help us at work, but what role do dreams play in our 9 to 5? We sat down with Kasher Belinda, Assistant Professor for Management in the Mendoza College of Business, to talk about a new study that shows how the emotions we experience at night can help us during the day. Well, Kasher, thanks for joining us on Notre Dame Stories. Yeah, thank you, Andy. I, I like to start off by just kind of hearing everyone's Notre Dame story. So what, what brought you to the university? Sure. Um, so there's a long academic path that I won't bore you with, <laughs> um, but uh, a formative experience here and there. And then um, I think the biggest thing was, you know, I was fortunate enough to be uh, flown out and interview here and we got along and it was a good fit. Um, so that would be uh, the simplest answer. Mm-hmm. But in terms of uh, getting into this profession and, you know, why I do the research that I, I do, uh, I think the most impactful experience I had uh, was probably working as a saute chef uh, as an undergrad. Um, that was sort of that four years of my life. I was also doing that, and that's where I really started to observe, you know, emotions, uh, communication, things like that in the workplace and how they go on. Okay. Uh, and then ever since then, I've sort of been uh, interested in that, and then now I'm actually studying those things. Okay. Yeah, a chef? Did I hear that right? Uh, yeah, so not like a, a head chef or anything gotcha. like that. Um, but... Yeah, learned, learned a lot about that in undergrad, so um, still like to cook, probably don't do it as much as I should, <laughs> but that was uh, both a, a stressful and really great experience overall for me that gave me a lot of ideas about you know people at work. Gotcha. Okay. And that, that's kind of my, my next question, because we're here to talk about uh, connecting to a sense of awe and sort of these, these big abstract concepts and, and emotions, and those are not normal topics um, I discuss with folks in the Mendoza College of Business. So... Um, can you tell me a little bit about your area of, of research and why it's so important? Yeah, absolutely. So, the, I mean, the research we'll be talking about today falls within the work I do on emotions, and I'd say that's uh, one major stream that I have. And then the other major stream is on um, interpersonal perception and communication. So thinking about, like, do we know who flirts with us? Um, hmm. Do we know who is most likely to do us a favor? And, you know, how is that different from our general tendency to be biased in one way or another? Can we hmm. really pick that one person? Um, but in terms of emotions and some of the stuff we'll be talking about today, uh, one of the reasons that's really interesting to me is because, you know, we all have moods at work that are relatively stable, um, that go on, but our, our days at work and, and even before work are often punctuated by certain experiences, you know, might be an argument with uh, your partner right before going to work, or it might be a dream that inspires all right before going to work. Uh, and those sort of more discrete episodes really shape the way we feel and think and do things Mm -hmm. uh, for way longer than people tend to typically think, I believe. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, we're talking about dreams and uh, their impact on our, our work life. So Give me an overview of of this study that is um, forthcoming, or by the time this hits, it may be already already published. Um, what was the question you were trying to answer? What area were you interested in exploring specifically? Yeah, so there's two, well, I guess, would seem at first sort of separate questions, but are, are pretty related once you, you start to think about it, uh, at least from my perspective. And for me, uh, as an emotion scholar, the first was, how can we sort of harness the benefits of awe at work? Uh, because this seems like an emotion that's not really, uh, at least obviously, connected to the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a more common emotion than people tend to think. Uh, and so the idea was like, you know, how can we bring this experience uh, into work? And then a big question about that is time. You know, when are you going to experience these emotions? 
Um, so you might experience awe like when you're uh, observing nature or mm-hmm. even thinking about, uh, you know, like a grand theory, like chaos theory and how things connect. Um, but in terms of timing, like right before the workday, like what might elicit awe? And one of the things that came to mind were like, you know, dreams. Like often mm-hmm. you, you wake up and you're like, I just had this crazy experience. <laughs> uh, and especially when you connect the dots sort of between the, the experiences you had in that dream and sort of your waking life or just start to think yep. about it more, yep. sort of like epiphany. Um, so that, and then the related question is, you know, we talk about sleep and work a lot. Um, mm-hmm. so sleep hygiene, like get good sleep so you can be productive. Um, but even if you don't get good sleep, you're still having these psychological experiences, uh, at night. So dreams really are lived. It's sort of like firsthand perception, like your eyes move the same way, mm. your eyelids, like you're really living those experiences. So we wanted to explore the impact of, you know, having those experiences right before work. Uh, how does that shape your, your day? Mm. I don't often get into methodology um, and in studies for these types of interviews, but it, it actually feels important in this case because the majority of us, I think, actually don't remember our dreams. I think it's something like only forty percent do, if I'm if I'm correct. Um, so, in order to kind of get like a meaningful uh, data set or, or something to draw observations from. I imagine you had to set this up in a certain way. So how did you go about exploring um, this topic? Uh, great question. So a few things you hit on there that I think are, are pretty important, um, two which I'll get to later are, are sort of timing and then repeated observations. But hmm. with respect to that 40%, it's not necessarily that 40% do and don't or like that 40% are dreamers and 40% are not. It's just if you take sort of a random sample of, the, the working population on any given day. So you just take 100 employees at random from the United States and say, you know, uh, did you recall your dreams this morning? Regardless of who those 100 employees are, you're going to hit 40%. So it could be a different 40% each day. And everybody everybody dreams every night. It's just, you know, a matter of whether you call them. Right. But over a, a given two-week period, for example, we found that, you know, over 90% of people recalled at least one dream. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more a matter of like when this happens to you, what is the impact for you personally? Gotcha. Um, and then, yeah, for the methodology, a big thing for us was, you know, standardizing timing. Um, so making sure this was really capturing things in the moment, which is also important, not just for dreams, but also for the emotional experience of awe. Um, so this tends to happen upon awakening. So we were really interested in making sure uh, we were really accounting for time zone, you know, when people were waking up, what was their work schedule like, um, to really get their experience of awe and their dream um, right when they recalled it, or if they recalled it, upon mm-hmm. awakening. And it's really, regardless of whether you continue to remember the contents of that dream, it's really, it still has that impact just because of the emotional experience it elicits when you're first recalling and thinking about it. Uh, in the case that you do. Gotcha. You mentioned that word sense of, or that term sense of awe now a couple of times. I just want to make sure I, I'm uh, tracking with you on what, what you mean when, when you say that. Is this um, the type of thing where I'm looking at um, a tree uh, that's changing colors because it's, you know, fall outside and, you know, Niagara Falls? I mean, that's what I think of when I think of sense of awe. I, I, my mind honestly goes to nature most of the time. Yeah. Is it that type of emotional um, experience that you're that you're talking about? Yeah, that's a, a great observation, I think. Um, so two of the most common things underlying the experiences of awe are this feeling or appraisal of vastness. So something's okay. sort of beyond your frame of reference to the way that you're typically thinking about things. Gotcha. Sort of, you can think of like epiphany in a way. Yep. Um, 
uh, and it also creates this need for accommodation or a need to sort of update the way you think about things. Like, it's, it, how could that have happened? Um, and it's <laughs> like, either you do update or you don't, but in the moment needing to feel like, you're feeling like you're, your understanding of things are incomplete, um, that's a big part of it as well. Um, and so a lot of times it happens with physical things, like, you know, you see trees changing colors, like you said, uh, or observing nature. Uh, but it can also happen with sort of more conceptual or cognitive stimuli. So thinking about um, just really big ideas um, or, or theories that do, like sort of explain all of human life or how things work together. Gotcha. And like, so you can get off in a lot of different ways. But yeah, I think most commonly we think of uh, things surrounding nature, like space, uh, Okay. You know, Trees, gotcha. So th- the sort of big headline I want to make sure we, we communicate is, is that your study indicates there's something meaningful that takes place at work when we remember our dreams, especially when they elicit this this sense of all uh, that you're talking about. Um, tell me, tell me more about that. What is it that you found to people that happens to people at work when they you know have these experiences? Right. So it's like. Sort of going back to emotions versus mood, you have that punctuating event. Uh, in this case, that's dreams, and it's it's that experience of awe that sort of the awe doesn't stick with you throughout the day, but it's gotcha. it changes the lens through which you sort of view things for a, a substantial period of time after. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can sort of think about having this awe-inspiring experience in the morning, uh, and when you experience awe, a lot of times that makes you think about yourself and other things relative to a broader perspective. So I like to say in the grand scheme of things. Um, And so you also do that with work events thereafter. And that really helps you think about stressors, for instance. So say your boss comes and yells at you or uh, gives you a higher workload. You're starting to think, you know, maybe that's not as big of a deal in the grand scheme of things because you're still thinking Mm. like in the way that that experience sort of made you think in the moment, um, at least for usually like a few hours or something along those lines. So uh, that's how it sort of bleeds in, into the day. Gotcha. So I want to restate it just to make sure I, I understand. So maybe these dreams give us a sense of awe, which, you know, allow us to kind of get outside ourselves a little bit and kind of contextualize what it is that's happening at work um, and realize, you know what, um, that stressor that normally would send me spiraling, in the grand scheme of things, isn't that big of a deal. And as a result, um, what, what are the, what are maybe some of the more concrete business terms that, that might, uh, that might flow from that? You mentioned resilience, uh, maybe productivity. What are some of the, the implications for my work, uh, as a result? Yeah. You're appraising things in a way that I think is a lot healthier, um, which makes you able to sort of overcome setbacks that would potentially otherwise make you spiral and ruminate or you're starting to think about things um, that like would set you back or send you down a rabbit hole. Uh, you just sort of like push it aside and keep going. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's that's sort of colloquially how I describe it. And a lot of yep. the times I think you're getting a lot more more done because of that when you're in this sort of healthier, like everything's okay mindset. So I've got two questions that kind of relate to types of dreams. And I'm wondering if, if you found this at all in your, your study. First of all, when I think about dreams and the workplace, I, I think about those of us who actually dream about 
our coworkers. And and I've done this, and I'll decline to provide specifics, given that some coworkers might be listening. Um, but I, I know I'm not alone. Um, and so was this a part of, of the study? Like, um, was there sort of like, and by the way, when you dream about your coworkers, this happens at work? Or, or was it a little more, um, you know, broader based than, than that? Uh, we particularly focused a bit broader on okay. you know, the sentiment associated with dreams, the meaning associated with dreams, uh, in part to be able to generalize them and, and see, you know, like yeah. how big of an impact can this have. But descriptively speaking, yeah, a lot of uh, the dream reports that we saw, yeah, there was work mentioned throughout them. And then when asking, you know, you know, to what do you sort of attribute your dreams, a lot of times work came up. And I think, you know, to your point, it can be a lot more impactful if the dream that you're having is about something that you're getting, then going and doing, it makes mm-hmm. it a lot more personal um, and you're continuing to think about it. Um, and definitely from personal experience as well. So some of the research that uh, actually is part of our literature review and that we like were inspired by, they open the paper with an example of, you know, uh, dreaming about your partner um, essentially engaging in infidelity and then mm. you like, turn over and you're mad at them, you know, like, yeah, because right. it's, it's personal. It comes not only were they just there, but your dreams sort of come from within. There's nothing you can really attribute them to. So it's right. it feels very important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And likewise, you know, yeah, you dream about your coworker and you're going to view them a little differently the next day. Um, yeah, just because like, whoa, wait a minute, was that real? You know, and that sort of thing. All right. So second, and then you probably already answered this uh, with, with that response. But obviously, um, a lot of folks have dreams that are acutely stressful or just plain weird. Uh, and here's the part where I tell you that, that no joke, last night I had a dream that... Um, I was ransacking the Kmart in my hometown <laughs> of Angola, Indiana, with tennis star Maria Sharapova. Um, dreams can be weird and um, or stressful. You know, you uh, you um, you relive or you think about loved ones dying potentially. Um, and so I'm wondering, is, is, does that have even like a, a drag on resilience or productivity the next day at work when these things are actually pretty stressful? I think it can, but it can also, it depends. So like our focus was particularly on meaning and I think you gotcha. can, you can find positive meaning in a bad dream or even in a nightmare. Um, so just descriptively speaking, uh, there is an example that really stuck out to me from just reading through some of the, the descriptive, um, reports that participants gave. And there's one of, uh, you know, being, um, at the funeral for the death of a loved one with just this mass crowd and like everybody respected them so much. And they were just like, you know, it's like sad, but you're just in uh, like awe of this moment of like this person mm-hmm. and like how much of an impact they had. And so like, you know, you like, there's some ambivalence associated with that, but I think that, you know, like the positive meaning you find in that can be in a, in a way good. So mm-hmm. the sentiment of the dream isn't necessarily the same as the impact that it's going to have. Um, and I think there's also ways that this can happen through different mechanisms. So something that I think is particularly interesting is like a future direction might be to explore the link between like nightmares or or particularly bad dreams and you know whether people are willing to lend a hand at work Hmm. Um, because if we're thinking just about the affective experience and um, that being really negative or you potentially just sort of experiencing anxiety throughout the day that might make you withdraw and not want to help people but you also might feel this sense of like oh I want to you know make up for that dream or make sure that dream doesn't (laughs) happen and even if you don't say you do we tend to have these sort of like tendencies to you know, attribute karmic attributions to things. Interesting. Um, and so that might make you actually engage in more helping behavior. So you could see both through different mechanisms, sort of a decline and an increase, depending on how you look at it. Okay. And um, so it's a net 
sort of balance at that point. Potentially, yeah. yeah. Um, and you never know, but it's yeah, it's interesting. I just would say like at at base, yeah, nightmares aren't necessarily going to have a negative effect. They sure, certainly could, but there's also I think ways for bad dreams, especially depending on how people think about them uh, and the sense they make of them in the moment, um, to to have a positive impact as well. So I, I uh, and, and we can we can close with with this. I wonder if there are folks listening who maybe um, kind of want to take note of this and maybe apply it to their to their own lives. So if someone w- wants to sort of document um, and, and try this out, like I wonder how my dreams are impacting my my work life. Um, what advice do you have? What, what should what should they do? Sure. I mean, a, a few things come to mind. Um, I think the, the most overlooked thing is that you need to be motivated to do it you need to want to do it mm-hmm. to some extent and so like if it's a pain you're probably not going to want to do it so do it in a way that makes most sense for you um just jotting down like a few things in the morning or if you want to take it more seriously and jot down more that's also obviously fine um but you know like you can get creative with it too you know sometimes it's easier to, to remember something or bring yourself back to the moment uh by you know just drawing a quick picture <laughs> and, and like looking huh. at that you know like maybe just sketching something out that might take you less time and be something uh, that you enjoy right um so making sure you know that it's an activity that you want to keep up with and then just in terms of uh, I guess more just logistically speaking, uh, timing is really important. So as you were saying earlier, it's like it's difficult to remember dreams, but like upon awakening, we oftentimes have a more vivid recollection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's when I would probably focus on trying to jot some things down. Mm-hmm. I think even if you forget like that, what exactly happened, it's still going to impact you throughout the day. But if you want to like later reflect, which I think can be awe-inspiring in, in, in itself, you know, it's like, how did my mind create this? You go back to that journal and you're like, wow, like that could be a meaningful experience just flipping through the pages. Uh, and if you want to like enjoy it to the extent that you did or, or like find the meaning that you did upon awakening, I think it's, it's best to do that, you know, right when you have those thoughts, because mm. otherwise they, they might fly away. I think the even bigger question for me, even though like I love the dreams aspect of this, is really how like how can we bring more awe into our lives, especially mm. in a way that benefits us in multiple domains, such as work. And that was one of the reasons why this was so inspiring to me, is like, you know, how do we get on at, at work? Um, so thinking about like what that means for you, like wh- what's led you to experience awe in the past, and like how can you bring or create opportunities for that? I know you can't artificially really create that but that's sort of the idea behind the dream journal too is it's giving you opportunities to sort of like flip through the pages later and maybe experience awe again so how can you sort of upregulate awe or, or create it in your in your own life very interesting stuff Kasher belinda thanks for joining us thanks so much andy notre dame stories brings you the accounts of students and faculty creating knowledge to be a force for good in the world This podcast is produced by the Office of Public Affairs and Communications. I'm your host, Andy Fuller. Our music is by Alex Mansour. 